You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. And welcome to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. I am your host, Richard Franzi, and this is podcast episode number 1067, and this one is going to be a great show. Why, you ask? Because Roseanne Englehart, who is a committed entrepreneur who left a successful career in Los Angeles entertainment industry to pursue her passion for personal wellness by opening Yoga Soul Studio in Orange County. I am so impressed with this woman. I've invited her to share her burn the ships experiences and her commitment to her new entrepreneurial life. Roseanne, welcome to Critical Mass Radio Show. Well, thank you. I'm delighted to be here. So before we get into your entrepreneurial side, let's talk a little bit about your background. Can you give the audience a sense for your career up to the point where you decided to relocate? Absolutely. I spent uh, the majority of my career in the entertainment industry. I won't tell you how many years, but eh, I will. 35-ish. Okay. And it was so exciting, so wonderful, creative work. I was in television programming and research my entire career, executive ranks. Absolutely loved it. Creative, dynamic people. And, you know, it's so invigorating. My only, um, I guess, lure to leave was to have a little more control over my personal time and to do some work. My my media work was fascinating and rewarding, but right. the rewarding work now, I feel that I'm actually really helping people. It's it's very it's more similar than you would think. Okay, you know, dynamic, interesting people doing excellent work. I guess that would be the two parallels because I think you might people would think they're so radically different, mm-hmm. but truthfully, the things that attracted me to entertainment. I had to do high-level programming work, ruthlessly competitive industry. Right. So they demand that you do excellent work. and But that means you're surrounded by really interesting okay. people. And you're all working hard. You're all doing amazing creative work with high stakes. Did so, you, when you got into the entertainment industry, was it? with a career in mind or or was it absolutely for a job? okay so you absolutely. knew you wanted to be in that industry my degree was in radio and television management so okay you know and and you start at the bottom i think i was a sales secretary at kfi coast radio mm-hmm. and learned enough to become a research analyst and moved up through those ranks of it's essentially audience research right. for programming decision making and for sales marketing. Okay. And then that led to programming. And that's what I did really the majority of my career. What if if you look back on the arc of your career, what one thing or what things contributed to your ability to survive and thrive in that environment? Just plain excellent work. Okay. Hard high work. Standards. High, it, it's absolutely the way it has has to be. So I think that commitment. Did you have mentors that looked out for you, or was it you drove it on your own through the organization? I definitely had fantastic role models, and I also used industry organizations, women in cable, American women in radio and television, 
the companies that I worked for were CBS, Warner Brothers, were big on sending us for training, management conferences. Right. So all of that culture, you are always kind of growing and you're in a culture where it's demanded that you be excellent. Right. And then to me, that gave me, I was enthused by that, mm-hmm. that um, spurred me on to do greater work because it was a culture of that. So you said part of the driving force. So uh, full disclosure, I, I met Roseanne last year at a function at the Center Club. And when I heard her story, I said I have to have her on the radio show because I believe it's hard to be an entrepreneur. And if you're going to be successful, you almost have to be willing to sacrifice everything to be successful because it takes so much of you, especially in the early days of getting a new business started. And you clearly, I said in the open, burn the ships, and we're going to get to that in a little bit. Um, But let's talk about your firm. What is it that you decided to leave your career for? I did it really for more of a personal decision to have more control over my time. I I joke that I left my 50-hour, 60-hour-a-week job to do 61 hours a week with my own business. But I have the latitude to, you know, play golf on Wednesday if I want to, and I have control over it. So that was, I think, the catalyst. When you really step back, and I I did this in CBS management conferences, step back and look at what drives you in life. And rewarding work as much as it drives me, my, the people connections, my wonderful late husband, Loved, loved to travel and, you know, the trying to carve out enough vacation time when you work for 20th Century Fox to do international travel was not easy. Right. But when you own your own business, maybe you have to work 80 hours, but you can take an international trip. You can carve out that time. So that was my one of my main things. And also, I guess, just doing something truly meaningful. My mother had osteoporosis, and that's one of the things that got me into yoga Working in high-powered entertainment got me into yoga to so just do you something. Were, you were a practicing, you used yoga in your life before you decided that this was the right business for you to purchase. Is that what I'm hearing? Absolutely. Okay. I saw it. So you saw the benefits. I saw it. it. And this is kind of funny about the cross between the studio people and the yoga people. When I was still working at 20th Century Fox and getting my yoga teaching credentials just for fun, I started teaching and all of my studio girlfriends would come to my class in their six inch heels with their cell phone all amped up and then so that was my biggest challenge to get them to calm down right but they saw they saw tremendous benefit and then that you know and then they would say things like oh i can sleep better at night Mm. oh that's my blood pressure has been reduced Oh oh you know, my bone density has improved. So it, very tangible benefits to yoga. And right. that's that was the other thing that really motivated me to share my love and passion for yoga to other people in the community. So, so when you and your husband decided it was the right thing to do to go on the entrepreneurial track, did you know you wanted to own a yoga studio? Or did you look at a variety of options before you down-selected to the one you chose? Oh, I definitely wanted a yoga studio. Okay. Okay. This is the other part that really, for me, made you memorable. Tell the audience how you decided where you would locate the studio. I guess I went back to my MBA roots and did the little MBA 
marketing analysis. And we were living in Glendale and all my friends and all my studio people and all my you know old friends were in the valley in LA and that's where it would be logical to open the studio and right. I did do right. I did I did trot all those options out but at the end of the day the landscape was quite competitive dealing with the city of LA would have been more difficult frankly than dealing with the city of Yorba Linda so it was really a marketing analysis I found I looked at you know, L.A., Orange County, I looked at the landscape of where can I put a business that has my best competitive potential, and I found this beautiful pocket in North Orange County, affluent community where people would, I thought, you know, would really embrace the, the right. services, embrace my particular f- vision for the studio, uh, and limited competition. So we sold our house. My late husband was comfortable Orange County or L.A., so we moved. We And then I started the business, but I didn't have any clients. I didn't have any teachers. So that was a little bit of a leap of faith. Right. And that was a lot, a lot of hard work. Right. And a lot of hard and work. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. But I, I want to set on this point for a second because, truly, this is the memorable. They're all very You're, you're very memorable in all of you. Why, but thank this, you. The, the, the fact that you... <laughs> would be willing to become that uncomfortable to make that many changes in your life to be able to have the best chance of success to me spoke volumes about your commitment to what you're doing this wasn't a hobby this wasn't something you were just going to try to do this was something you committed to doing right that's why i wrote burn the ships in the open because you 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 have to rebuild your life down here in some ways well, I guess it's that old adage, if you're going to sign your name to something, it has to be great. You right. know, I guess that's just the philosophy right. of all of us business people who have pride in what we do. So, unfortunately, the engineer is not in the studio right now, ladies and gentlemen, or I would have him ring the gong because I think this is one of those teachable moments that if you're going to make a business venture successful, you really have to do your research and commit to uh, implementing what the research tells you. Because you could have done all that research and still opened a studio in Glendale, right? Right. I mean, you wouldn't have, but somebody could have, right? And that's why you see them on every corner in many cities. Right. <laughs> and, and maybe them going, I don't understand why I can't make this thing more successful. Well, maybe you didn't give yourself the best chance at that. And and, and I want to believe that your research is positioning you to the kind of success that you've had. Now, when you knew you wanted to open a yoga studio... But why Yoga Soul? Why how you opened it? Can you take us through that decision process? Well, I guess my vision was um, much like the studio that I did my training at that was individual attention. It was very much client-focused. And that was the vision I had where if you were, if you came to Yoga Soul, we would ask you, we would do a little intake form asking you about health conditions, surgeries, what have you, so that we would be aware if, you know, a a cranky knee or a lower back issue, so that we can individually help people. And that was the vision I had that is, I believe, unique. Not every studio will take that degree of effort with every student. Um, A, it ensures that we're keeping safety in mind and that we're being effective. We're finding out why, what brought you here today. You know, what was it a cranky back? What can we do to help as opposed to maybe your a 16-year-old neighbor, you know, came because she wanted 
to rock and roll. You know, she wanted a very physical practice. So essentially giving an individual attention approach mm-hmm. in a, a world where people were, are not usually treated that way. If you, there are classes all over the country, 50 people pile in the room, bam, you're done. That's right. it. And right. they don't even know your name. Right. We try to create a sense of community. So do, does that extend then also to your instructors as far as how you bring them into your company and the ones you select to teach your classes? Because um, that is a big part of the delivery of your service, right? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Can you talk to me a little bit about absolutely. that? Absolutely. Um, and that was interesting when I first came to Orange County because nobody knew me. But I was I was smart in that I got all of my marketing and my website done before I interviewed anybody so they would know I was professional and I was for real. Right. And then I sat down and I talked with them and told them of a a vision where I value a teacher with high credentials, with an intelligent, well-prepared presentation, and somebody that can look at a varied room and handle people with a degree of individual service. Mm. And then once I got a few highly regarded teachers, then they introduced me to some of their colleagues. Okay. So, it, you know, if not for a couple at the very beginning, I wouldn't have been able to pull together people that I thought would have a vision of being very alignment-focused, safety-focused, client-individual-focused, so, and uh, friendly and fun. Okay, so that's another, but that's another teachable moment here on Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast because um, sometimes early in a company's uh, life, you kind of hire who you can get because, you, you, you know, you're, you're just going to take what you feel lucky that people would be willing to work for a risky venture that maybe isn't proven yet. But you held yourself to a different standard, which was then the critical mass tipping point that allowed you to get other high quality instructors. Is that what I heard you say? Well, yes. And I did have to teach a lot of classes <laughs> myself. I was so exhausted the first year. So exhausted. <laughs> Does that Okay, does that help you to be a certified instructor to, to, to actually hire instructors? I mean, is, is that valuable for you? Oh, I, and I, I teach. I teach four classes a week at the studio. I think it's very important that I'm there with a presence in the building, talking uh-huh. to clients, and that's that's fun. That's the most fun so, when so I you, teach. So you didn't buy a business that was a manager-operated model. Sometimes these types of businesses can be run by a manager, and you're an absentee owner, or you're just a you know bookkeeper or someone in the background. You're actually delivering the service, and you're you're ingrained in the business model all the way through. That absolutely. But I do only teach four of sixty-one classes a you week. Have sixty-one classes. Yes, and I do have a manager now, okay. which is wonderful. Right, it could, yeah, as you wonderful. scale, you need that help, right? But but you're involved in the business. So um, so so we looked at how you got, so if you don't mind, we're not going to take a break. You're comfortable, oh, I'm, I'm comfortable. Just gonna, we only have about five minutes left here on the That's radio a, show anyway, so let's just keep going. Um, how do you get clients? How do you get people to walk through the door? Oh, and that was tough, very tough at the beginning, because the other th- dynamic was my community it was new. My community was new to yoga in North Orange County. It's not Santa Monica. It was relatively new five and a half years ago in my little suburban pocket. So we did we did some print advertising. We did, but truthfully, the community chamber of commerce giving away some free classes, doing some initiatives that essentially got people in the door at a loss leader just to build exposure and okay. but once once we got enough people realizing the value then frankly word of mouth 
and and electronic media. Google has been helpful. Yelp, those actually probably are my best advertising initiatives. But that means people are looking for the service. It true. sounds like in the beginning true, you, were, true. you were creating awareness for it. Right. But something is something happening must be bigger than you then, or maybe it isn't, where people are actually now looking for a yoga studio in your Belinda. Actually, yes. Well, in five and a half years, another dynamic has changed. The popular press has had more information about the benefits of yoga. And we'll get clients very often walking in saying, my doctor instructed me wow. to come. My doctor suggested, my chiropractor suggested, my physical therapist suggested. My neighbor told me about you. Okay. So it's a whole lot easier now than right. it was year one. Right. Right, because you're getting a little... that That's always what interests me about brick-and-mortar retail, mm-hmm. um, is how do you get the traffic in? Because you're there, you're sitting, you're waiting, but, you know, maybe they'll walk by. But you have to do all these other things that create the opportunity for people to come in the door. Because until they come in the door, you don't have a chance to sell them, or at least engage them as a client, right? Right. Unless you're out at a cocktail party, you're speaking to the Chamber of Commerce, or you're, you know, you're just doing all those things. How has the Yorba Linda community now because i would think there are related businesses are there related businesses that kind of you talked about doctors and chiropractors but maybe other well i definitely have had success with marketing partners um i've assembled people that would have similar clientels we have dr sean on acupuncturist we have even things in the beauty realm um upscale nail posh salon they're marketing partners in that I will recommend them, they recommend me, and right. we are also colleagues. It's wonderful to talk to one of them who is not a direct competitor about, you know, our client community, which is very similar. Mm-hmm. And that's think. been helpful. Right, because if they're happy with their service and if you have a flyer in their lobby or oh, we do that. whatever, that just it's all that point of opportunity, right, when they're already uh, at some place. Do the yoga instructors bring clients? Yes. Well, that's another thing that's um, fantastic. And when I started, I did have a couple of teachers that had a well-established following. Okay. And so they brought them to me. So that was fantastic. And they they are charged with marketing their own classes and the studio as a whole. You know, they get a fistful of complimentary cards. They'll use their Facebook. They you know, have their own outreach to clients because they're paid on a sliding scale on attendance. So it's behooves them to build loyalty for their, for their classes. And that's another part of them. I guess the marketing wheel is the teachers themselves. They're our biggest resource. Mm -hmm. Our our people are, you know, like any successful company, our people are our biggest resource. Right. Yeah. I would think that, uh, and once they find a good quality place like yours where they can have their classes then it i would think it builds makes it easier for them to build their business base as well because the clients come they like the aesthetics and everything that you have to offer and so it reinforces for them and they their step up is to do higher level programs so they might do workshops for me or private lessons oh. where they have the opportunity to earn more money as they grow their their loyalty okay so you only have so many hours in the day mm-hmm. you only have so many days in a week and so much floor space how do you grow the business what what do you, it sounds like these other services might add to that right i guess it's it would be a higher margin item a private lesson 
is a higher margin item. A teacher, we're, we're involved in teacher training right now, which is a three-month program to certify teachers. Uh-huh. That's a higher ticket item, a higher margin item. Okay. Workshops would be a specialized, possibly two- or three-hour session. Again, a higher margin. So that's one th- place of growth. I introduced family memberships a couple years ago, and that was a wonderful growth opportunity because now, you know, they make the husband come, and then he loves it. Right. And then they make the son come, and he loves it. Well, I think the benefits of yoga are undeniable, Mm -hmm. and they're almost immediate, right? We do not stretch enough, and yoga is more than stretching, but it is, we, we, as as a population, we don't, as in a general rule, we don't spend enough time staying limber, and then as older... A trip and a fall has a worse impact on you than if you were still a little bit more flexible, right? Definitely. There's so many benefits. The flexibility and strength is absolutely there. Balance, um, stress reduction, mental clarity. You know, you can go on and on. There's And there's been so many articles recently about reduced heart disease, Almost all the autoimmune diseases benefit from yoga. It's it's really remarkable. So you 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 may have hit the. I love it when I have an entrepreneur in and they're benefiting from some type of macroeconomic or social trend. This feels like that's what's happening with yoga. It's a beautiful thing. It is right. It never hurts. It doesn't hurt. Beautiful. Right. It's wonderful to be able to capitalize on that. Okay, we only have like a minute left. What's the future for you and the firm? What do you what what do you you're going to be back in the future? What are we going to be talking about? I guess growing our clientele, our client baby boomers are getting older. So how do we, how do we help people stay young? Because there's going to be a, a, a people that may have more free time as they retire as well, right? So things that maybe they couldn't do when they were running in the rat race of their business, but it'd be nice. It would be a great way for people to spend a part of their golden years staying healthy and young and getting the benefits of yoga, right? Absolutely. And they have the time and hopefully the disposable income. Uh, they they love it. It's so if someone wants to learn more about your studio, Roseanne, how do they do it? Yoga Soul Studio, your Belinda. Website www.yogasoulstudio.com. Can you spell Yoga Soul? Yes, it's Y O G A S O L, like the sun, and then studio, S T U D I O. Okay. Com. Well, I, I would encourage everyone that's listening either now or watching us on Facebook, uh, here on OC Talk Radio, or maybe you pick us up on iHeart or iTunes, check it out. Uh, I think it would be a good use of your free time to go and Come practice. see us. Come you, we'll, see. we'll make sure you have fun. Thank you for being a friend of the program and part of the Critical Mass community, Rosette. Thank you, Rick. An absolute pleasure. It has been fun. I'd like to also thank our engineer, Paul Roberts, for another great series of shows today. And Joan Park, Crystal Nunling, Haley Stern, our producers, couldn't do the show without you. I'd like to connect with you on my social media. Best place to be would be Twitter. My handle is CEO Peer Groups. On LinkedIn, I'm Richard Franzi, F-R-A-N-Z-I. And my website is criticalmass4business.com. And until our next show, I hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction. You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show, focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi.